तपो विक्षीण पापा Spontaneous. 
then we have to invoke that, we have to create condition. Thus, from ourselves also, we have to invoke that, that contemplativeness. And that requires a certain disposition of mind. For the one who is really a master of his mind and master of all the situations, that one would not require any condition. He is called prajna, where any favorable or in unfavorable conditions, his mind doesn't get distracted, he doesn't get perturbed. So one who does not get perturbed in any condition, well, he does not require a particular condition. And that is what we are, we are seeking. However, it is not possible to do that right away. In the beginning, we always require a conducive condition. That's why ashrams, just as in the beginning, when they are conducting experiments, they are always done in laboratories, where there are conducive conditions. Or they have what they call pilot plants, where they develop a particular product. Before it becomes rugged enough to withstand all the different unfavorable situations, Everything is done first in favorable situations. <coughs> and so also, we have to create a favorable situation. Therefore, we talked about a way of life that creates a certain disposition of... A way of life creates a certain disposition of mind. <coughs> so, Vijitendriha. One who is Jitendriha. Vijitendriha. Visheshana Jitendriha. So, one who is a mastery over one's sense organs, mastery over the organs of perception, mastery over the organs of action. In the language of Swami, you may say, he's an organized person, the one who is together. <coughs> so in his activity, as Lord Krishna says, yukta har viharasya, yukta chestasya karmasu, yukta svapnava bodha, the one who is alert in everything. Ahara, in eating, also alert. Vihara, moving around, alert. Karmasu, in acting, alert. The right kind of active actions, you know, no waste of energy, at the same time always being alert. Yukta Swapna alert, being awake, alert in sleeping, meaning that sense of proportion is observed everywhere. That's called, and then Samadhanam, Chitta Ekagrata. So we always keep the goal in mind. And, and, uh, monitor all our activities accordingly. So, as far as the seeker of knowledge or any seeker is concerned, primary thing for him or her is this knowledge. <coughs> and whatever he does or does not do, all of that is dictated by the ultimate goal. It may be difficult to answer questions as far as short-term ends, I mean, you know, goals are concerned, but when we have a long-term goal before us, then everything that we do fits into that, uh, in, in, it becomes a means for attainment of that goal. For example, when you're cooking, you know what is the final product that you want to bring out, then whatever you do, you're chopping, you're washing vegetables, chopping them, or uh, putting them into a cooker, or oven, whatever you're doing, and just as every action is directed to the ultimate objective, of preparing a certain dish. And so also, because when the objective is clear, then every action becomes clear, what exactly is to be done. And in case you do not know, you will always discover it by practice. Therefore, we have this abhyasa. By practice, you will be able to develop a, a degree, a control or a mastery. And so, 
thus whatever actions we perform or whatever actions we avoid all of them have this goal in mind and this is how we become jitendriya jitendriya means one who is mastery or oneself that does not mean that one doesn't use the organs of perception or organs of action but they use for what they are meant this will be called jitendriya viragah mind also is committed there is no raga or attachment for anything else except for one there must be attachment because mind always works on attachment attachment for knowledge and that uh, makes me free from all other attachment so does anything does it relate to knowledge does it contribute to what i am seeking then i do it if it doesn't i don't do it so viragah mind also is free because it doesn't seek anything at all so mind which is free from any kind of seeking any kind of desires because only one desire now is in the mind and that is to seek knowledge so even in vairagya this this desire is there to seek knowledge <coughs> and vivekta desh asinah vivekta desh seated in silence or in, in solitude meaning love for solitude love for oneself so we also in course of time develop the ability to be with ourselves it's not that we avoid company but then it is also necessary to spend some time with ourselves otherwise we will never develop that homeliness with ourselves so i am at home with myself i like myself i accept myself at self acceptance and course of time self liking not self fascination but liking and acceptance and therefore i can be at home with myself only such a person can be in solitude otherwise we cannot be so he is in solitude meaning he is at home with himself viragah mind is free from raga or other attachments and desires and therefore free from internal obstacles vijitendriya his sense organs are also under control with this frame of mind then bhavayed ekamatmanam ekam atmanam bhavayed may you contemplate upon or may you see bhavana here is seeing see the fact that atma is one alone atma is not many the consciousness is not many self is not many it is one alone <coughs> and what is it anandam and it is one because it is limitless it is not limited to this body is not limited to the mind is not limited by any factor and so anantam atma is anantah limitless free from any ant or limit atmanam bhavayet ananyadhihi may you become ananyadhihi onus the or mind is ananyam anyam na vidyate yasmin where anyam or other thing has no place at all so mind is so committed to that shows that it derives a happiness out of this when this contemplation may gives me happiness meaning i am i am happy then it is possible for me to be ananyadihi possible for me to be one whose mind is single pointed and so only thing that is in my mind is this contemplation so this is what one has to practice it doesn't happen right away it is something that take it's going to take its own time there are many disturbances in the mind mind again and again runs away mind is very and so many things are there you have to resolve them all and bring the mind back again and again to this contemplation <coughs> as lord krishna says atmasam sammanakrutva 
न किंचित भी चिंतित और योगी युंजी तो सदम आत्मानम रहस्य स्थित है एकाकी यह तो चित्तात्मा निराशे ही अपरिग्रह है वेरी ब्यूटीफुल क्वालिफिकेशन वेरी ब्यूटीफुल इधर डिस्क्राइब सस योगी युंजी तो सततम आत्मानम मेडिस योगी मेडिस सीकर ऑफ नॉलेज कंस्टेंटली कंटेम्पलेट अपॉन द सेल्फ रहस्य स्थित है रिमेनिंग इन सॉलिट्यूड एकाकी बाय हिमसेल्फ फॉर हरसेल्फ यह तो चित्तात्मा विद बॉडी सेंस ऑर्गन्स एंड द माइंड in control meaning all of them composed the mind also is composed the sense organs are also composed the body also is composed nirashihi with nothing else to achieve the only thing that is to be achieved is the abidance in the knowledge with no other goal at all nirashihi aparigraha with no possessions to worry about so this is a free state of mind in that free state of mind we can contemplate upon the self <coughs> and thus nirantarakrata brahmaivasmiti vasana this nirantaram constantly this is to be done and this knowledge ultimately eliminates all the habitual error and one gains an abidance <coughs> now the question is <coughs> दृश्य प्रपंचे जागृति कथम एकत्व भावना संभवती इस एकत्व भावना दिस सींग और कॉन्टेम्प्लेटिंग अपॉन वननेस द नॉन ड्यूअल हाउ इज इट पॉसिबल दृश्य प्रपंचे जागृति वेन इज दृश्य प्रपंच इज देयर प्रपंच मीन्स इज क्रिएशन दृश्य मीन्स दैट विच इज परसेप्टेबल दस इज ऑब्जेक्टिव क्रिएशन इज देयर this what we come across is duality all over what we come across or what we experience is duality multiplicity when this is there kasam ekatva bhavana sambhavati how is it possible to dwell upon the non dual when duality is something that we experience constantly mm-hmm. it is easy for you to withdraw your mind and and, and perhaps remain in an imaginary situation that everything is one that's all right so how can you contemplate upon atma which is one when duality is a matter of experience that's the question here are you trying to tell us that we should close our eyes to the duality and then think of atma being one even where duality is there does it mean that we thrust non dual upon the duality how how are you asking us to do this when you say that atma the self is one how do you ask us to contemplate on the one self when what we experience is duality all over <coughs> so drishya prapancha jagrati jagrati means when drishya prapancha this object of creation is very much there when it's in front of you when it's a matter of experience kasam ekatva bhavana sambhavati how this ekatva bhavana or this contemplation on non dual how is it possible with this this question is answered in the verse 38 atmanye vakhilam drushyam atmanye vakhilam drushyam pravilapya dhiyasudhi pravilapya dhiyasudhi 
it is not ultimate truth so recognizing the truth of the duality just uh, it is like saying that as as ishavasa upanishad said ishavasamidam sarvam yat kinchit jagatyam jagat whatever there is in the creation should be pervaded by the lord when you see that lord alone meaning brahman parmatma alone is the whole creation like saying that may you see may you pervade the entire world of pots with clay or may you pervade the entire world of ornaments with gold see the fact that what we call so many ornaments is nothing but gold alone or what we call so many pots is nothing but clay alone and so so what we call so many names and forms so what's the one substance that informs all the names and forms just as gold is one substance that informs all the ornaments and so so what is that one thing that involves in forms every name and form kasmin bhagav vignate sarvamidam vignatam bhavati iti revere sir knowing which one everything as well becomes known now this is the proposition with which the upanishad begins in chandogya upanishad also the very same thing is discussed yena ashrutam shrutam bhavati amadam matam avijnatam vijnatam iti so it is that knowledge by which what is unheard becomes heard what is unknown becomes known what is unthought of becomes thought of meaning everything becomes known as well by knowing one thing how is it possible yatha ekena murtpindena sarvam brahmam vijnatam syat just as by knowing one particle of clay everything that is made of clay is as well known why is it so vacharam bhanam vikaro namaham because what we call vikara or modification is vacharam bhanam what we call modification or effect is vacharam bhanam is only in words we name it we brand it that this is a pot well that is a pot we brand this is a bangle that is a bangle earring this is earring that object called earring has no existence more than simply the name earring that's all the existence there is i mean that's all the reality a part has the only reality that the part has is that we call it part that's all more than that there is no reality because there is no object corresponding to an, to the word called part there is an object there corresponding to the word clay but corresponding to the word part there is no object because if i take away the clay then nothing is left there here there is an object called the cloth well there is a cloth when we examine we find it's nothing but cotton so there is an object corresponding to the word cotton all right but there is no object corresponding to the word cloth the idea is there there must be an object corresponding to a word if there is no object then word is there but object is not there that shows that that word you know does not correspond to anything that's why we say that that is merely in name <coughs> and thus every modification anything there is an effect an effect can never stand apart from the cause what is called karyam karanat avyatiriktam what we call part is never apart from clay or the cloth is never apart from cotton and so also no effect is apart from the cause what is real is cause and effect is what we call unreal apparent just in our mind so where is the part only in our mind how is it in our mind because we use the word moment we use the word part it does create a certain notion or a concept in the mind and therefore 
thought really exists in our mind rather than anywhere else. <coughs> in reality, it is clear alone. So, vacharamham, vikaronamham, mrutvika, ityeva satyam. It is clear alone, which is real. In this manner, we have to understand the reality of what we are perceiving. It is true that we perceive a world of duality. We perceive an objective world. We don't deny that. Perception is not denied. Experience also is not denied. But we have to understand what that experience means. And then we realize that whatever we perceive is a modification or an effect of something. And that something which is an effect resolves into its cause. Which again turns out to be another effect resolving into its cause. And thus, when you resolve the effect into cause, Ultimately, that is called pravilapanam. Vilapanam, pravilapanam, resolving. Not in any physical sense. When we say that we resolve the pot into clay, it's not that physically you have to break the pot and, and reduce it to clay. <coughs> but this resolving or reduction takes place in your mind. That when you appreciate that what is called pot is really nothing but clay, then you have effectively resolved that part into clay or reduced the part into clay. So redu- reducing or resolving is not a physical process. Again, no karma or action is involved. It is merely vision or drasti is involved. Just the change of focus from the part to the clay. And then from the clay to the earth. And from the earth to the atoms. From the atoms to whatever. And ultimately, it reduces all, it reduces all, every name and form ultimately reduced into what we call pure and simple existence. So anything we take reduces into pure and simple existence. That pure and simple existence also is pure and simple awareness. Because it is self-revealing existence. Existence gives an idea, conveys idea that there is something inert there. No. The existence itself is self-revealing or conscious. So self-simple existence simple conscious. They were talking about something simple, beautiful. Well, that's what you find. Simplest thing in the creation is Brahman. Nirdosham is samam Brahman. Brahman is nirdosham. Free from any blemish, free from any attribute, free from any qualities. Simple, plain and simple. You can imagine the limit of simplicity. If you learn calculus and you know limit. So, similarly, imagine limit of simplicity then you'll find that there is no form at all. When there is a form, something is complicated. When you complicate the clay, then it becomes a part, you know. So clay is simple, part is complicated, complex. Cause is simple, effect is complex. And therefore, to reach that which is simple or simplest will be how simple? Where there is no complex at all, no complication at all, no becoming at all, no effect at all. And that means pure and simple existence. This is pure and simple awareness. And who is that existence and who is that awareness? That pure and simple existence is I. Or pure and simple awareness is I. <coughs> this is called pravilapanam. In this manner may you see. So you do settle the account with the creation. Not like the yogis who say that the creation is real, and they withdraw themselves completely and then get absorbed in the Atma. But again, when that absorption is over and when you are dealing with the world, 
again you think that you are dealing with a real world or where the duality is real, where the world stands apart from me. Although experientially it looks as though the world is different from me, it is not. And this is what we have to see. This is called pravilapanam akhilam drushyam. The entire drushyam is a gross and a subtle and causal. Whatever drushyam or the objective creation is, akhilam, without any exception, whether it is good or bad, this equally applies to things which are most exalted and also things which are most mundane, most beautiful and the ugly, if you want to call it, the most sacred as well as the most profane, most profane and most profound. Everything ultimately resolves into one pure and simple existence. Meaning that there is no division in existence in terms of profane and profound. There is no division in terms of existence, in existence, in terms of the right and wrong. Everything ultimately resolves into one pure and simple existence, which is pure and simple awareness, which is myself. And see that nothing is apart from existence, or nothing is apart from awareness. What happens is, when we perceive, when we look at the part, on account of our preoccupation with the form of the part, with the name of the part, with the function that the part performs, <coughs> we overlook the fact that part is clay. So when we perceive the part, we do perceive the clay all right, but then we don't make note of it because of our preoccupation with part itself, with the name and form and the use and the function of the part. The fact that it is clay, that fact is overlooked by us. And so also on account of our preoccupation with the name and form, with this name and form to begin with. I'm so preoccupied with my name and form. I'm so and so. I have this form, I am this much, and always trying to establish my, you know, existence here, trying to assert my individuality. I am so preoccupied with my own self, that this individual name and form is so important to me, that even that I am not able to resolve into myself. Where is the question of resolving the whole world? And when I can resolve this individual name and form into pure and simple existence, where I will be able to resolve the entire creation also, because every other name and form has the same degree of reality as this name and form, which is, which is what I call I. So if we begin with ourselves and look into all our own name and form, what is, who am I? I define myself as an individual having such and such attributes, having such and such capabilities, having such and such strengths and weaknesses, success and failures and such a complex entity. But what is the truth of that I, when we examine that, we will find that all these notions and everything ultimately resolves into pure and simple awareness. If we have seen this, then it will be possible for us to appreciate that other names and forms also resolve into pure and simple awareness. <coughs> and this is how our lifestyle should also be. We should always try to step back, as they say, from effect to the cause. Always step back. One step back, from effect to the cause. Whenever any situation creates problem to you, the way to resolve it is, step back, one step, all right, go into the cause, and the complexity of the effect gets resolved into cause, which is simple, and you'll be able to resolve the things. <coughs> but this bhavet ekamatmanam nirmalakasha vatsada 
Here a very beautiful illustration also is given in order to enable us to contemplate upon the self. Nirmala Akasha Vatsala Akasha which is Nirmalam, free from Mala, free from any impurities. Very often the clouds and the dust and the smoke etc. pollute the, the sky as though. Making the sky the space. So space which is pure and simple. Nirmalam, because we are talking of Atma, who is pure and simple. And what better illustration can there be than this pure and simple space? Nirmala Akasha, space which is pure without clouds, without dust, without pollution, without smoke, pure and simple space. And so the Tigagara very beautifully says, Sajyotsna Akashavat Bhavet. Imagine the space filled with moonlight, you know, because moonlight is pure. Moonlight is also very soothing. Moonlight is something that gives joy. So, space filled with moonlight, that purity, that joy, you know, that is conveyed. And the space conveys the freedom, because there is no bondage at all. There is no limitation at all in space, no form. That formlessness, that boundlessness of the space gives the idea of freedom. And imagine that space filled with moonlight, meaning pure and, and soothing of the nature of happiness or ananda. So, just as the space is, in fact, space never gets polluted at all. It always remains unpolluted, always remains pure. And how everything ultimately, and also is true, that everything resolves into space. When you take any any substance and and see what the substance is made up of, then we will find that everything ultimately resolves back into space. Because earth is made up of what we call water, and water is made up of what we call fire. Fire is nothing but air, and air ultimately is nothing but space. Everything resolves into space. That we also and ultimately space also resolves into the self and therefore space is a very close and a beautiful illustration for the self. How the whole creation resolves into one space and so also the whole creation resolves into the self. Who is comparable to space, not space, but comparable to space. So that space acts as what we call a, a, a symbol <coughs> or an alambaram to enable us to contemplate upon the self. So very often in the meditation also, is how we are told, imagine space, without any clouds, smoke, pollution, pure and simple space, filled with moonlit night. And that is how, how the whole creation gets resolved. In fact, even when the mind is silent, the whole creation gets resolved into silence also. We find that I am at home with everything. When my mind is silent, I find myself at home with the world also. Meaning that the world is resolved into the silence. So when I am silent awareness, then even if I perceive the duality, even if the thought of duality comes in my mind, it doesn't create any disturbance at all. And that thought comes and may get resolved in the silence. And thus may you see that the whole creation that you perceive is nothing but thought actually. What we call the objective creation 
So, after all, it reduces into thought. That's another way of doing it. That a part is a part thought. Cloth is cloth thought. And thus every object, has a, every thought has a corresponding object. And therefore, the whole object of creation, in fact, is nothing but corresponding thoughts. And thus, a thought arises, remains, and dissolves. Arises, remains, and dissolves. So, first of all, we reduce the whole object of creation into the thought, because that is what it is. And the thought is further resolved into what? What does the thought arise from? A thought arises from silence, remains in silence, dissolves back into silence. Arises from awareness, remains in awareness, dissolves back into awareness. And this is meditation. That you are silently sitting there and contemplating upon the nature of the Atma. When you contemplate upon the nature of the creation, what is this creation? Creation is nothing but the thought. Because after how do you perceive anything? Only when a corresponding thought is. When can you perceive an object called thought? Only when there is a part thought. And therefore, we cannot separate the part from part thought. In fact, Gaudapadacharya says that there is no such separation at all. There is no such thing as a part at all, there is a part thought. Because only when the object called part is, that a part thought can be. And only when the part thought is, that you know that a part is, and therefore, the part and the part thought are inseparable, therefore they are one alone. What you cannot separate is one. And therefore, part is as good as the part thought. And where does the part thought arise from? It arises from silence or awareness. It remains again in awareness, as you said, bathed in awareness, soaked in awareness. Arises from awareness, remains in awareness, dissolves back into awareness. And therefore, the truth of the thought is awareness alone. Just as a part arises from clay, it remains in clay and dissolves back into clay. And therefore we say that the truth of the part is clay alone and so also the true truth of the thought is awareness alone. The truth of the whole creation is the thought and truth of the thought is awareness. And that awareness, I am. And that is how I see that the whole creation resolves in me. It arises from me, I, it remains in I, and it dissolves back into I. It never stands apart from I, and therefore I am the truth of the whole creation. Through that, such a thing called creation is, but then it does not stand apart from I. It doesn't enjoy sattā or reality independent of I. And that is how, by seeing that the creation is relative in reality, and that ultimate reality of the creation is I. That's the way to resolve this whole Nam Rupatmakam Jagat, or this creation of names and forms, resolving it into I, meaning seeing it as not apart from I. Seeing I as the very substratum of the creation. <coughs> this is called Pravilapya. <coughs> so Pravilapanam. Bhavayed Ekamatmanam. May you contemplate upon or see this Atma who is one in spite of duality. Not opposed to duality, but in spite of duality. And so this non-dual self is even when the duality is, and non-dual self is when the duality is not, of course. And that is why self alone is real, and what we call the duality 
is unreal or having a dependent reality. <coughs> so, Atmaniya Samadhi Samaye, at the time of Samadhi meaning, in this manner, in this manner of contemplation, Prabhilapya Parkarshena Nashaitva. So, we are not talking of Samadhi in the sense of closing the eyes or totally stopping the mind. We are talking of seeing the reality of mind as awareness of the self is the reality of mind. The reality of the objective creation is the mind and the reality of the mind is the self that is awareness and that is how I see that everything resolves into I. <coughs> Tada dviti abhava then I find that there is an absence or non-existence of duality in the sense that there is no reality in the duality. Even if a thought arises I am not afraid of the thought. As long as I know the truth of the thought, that the thought arises only from awareness, and the awareness of the silence is the content of every thought, then I am not going to be afraid of thought. Therefore, Vedantins, they do not give that importance to what we call Nirvikalpa Samadhi, but they give importance always to Jnana Samadhi, or this, this state of mind which is enlightened. So, it Thought can be present all right, as long as there is this knowledge that the thought is not apart from me, so long the presence of thought does not threaten the knowledge, it does not threaten the non-dual. So my knowledge or understanding doesn't get threatened because the thought is. Or the non-dual doesn't get destroyed or threatened when the duality is. That is the way I have to know it. And this is called Samadhi that we are talking about. This is Gnana Samadhi. <coughs> Pravilapya Prakashena Nashaitva. In deep sleep also the whole dual world is resolved, but that is not adequate because when we wake up again we have to confront the same world. And so also perhaps in the so-called Samadhi you can resolve that world, but again you have to confront it. Here Pravilapya means Prakashena Vilapya Prakashena Nashaitva. You destroy that creation once and for all, not in a physical sense, but destroy the reality given to that. Understand that we have been giving reality to duality which it does not have. Tada dviti abhavat. When we find that there is no real thing that is other than me, ekamatmanam sadyotsna akashavat bhavayet. May one contemplate or see the self who is one like the space filled with moonlight. <coughs> and the same idea is contained in verse 39 as the Tikagara says, Paramatma Darshi Munihi Nama Rupa Varanadikam Sarvam Vihaya Paripurna Chidananda Surupena Paramatma Darshi Munihi. Munihi means again this contemplative sage or this wise man. Paramatma Darshi. So Paramatma Darshanam Silam Yashasaha Paramatma Darshi. One who sees the Paramatma means one who sees the Atma as Paramatma. One who has the vision of the self which is limitless. Om and Varna. Varna means the species, the class or the color or the attributes 
So one, he appreciates the name, form, attributes, all these things that we call duality. Sarvam vihaya, dissolving everything, paripurna chidananda surupena avatishthade, avatishthade. He abides, surupena, in his own nature, which is paripurna chidananda, there is chit awareness, ananda fullness, paripurna that is full or complete in every respect. So he discovers the self because as long as duality is, I remain complete. As long as there is something in this world or as long as something in existence that is other than me, so long I remain a limited individual because there is I and something other than me. So paripurnata, fullness in all sense can be only when I discover that there is nothing other than me. All there is, is I alone. And that is to be seen. You cannot do this physically. It is not going to be possible for you to destroy this world or not going to be possible for you to create some kind of a visualization in the mind to see oneness. That duality is not going to merge into non-dual in some kind of a mental perception. It is something that you see only in the intellect. How do you see, for example, that where there is part, in fact, there is clay alone? How do you see the mithyatma of a part? How do you see the mithyatma of the cloth? How do you see mithyatma and reality of the so-called styrofoam cup? So there is seeing. And where does that seeing take place? That seeing is not perceptual. That seeing also is not really a kind of a thought form. It is the seeing that takes place in the mind of the intellect. And in this manner I have to see that the truth of duality is, so there is paripurnata, the purnata of fullness is there only when the duality or anything stands apart from me. Paripurnaha, paritaha purnaha, full and complete in every respect. So paripurna chidananda rupena avatishthade, chidananda rupena. A wise man discovers his own nature as paripurna chidananda. As Ramana Maharshi said, Ahaminashabhaji, Aham aham daya svrati hrut svayam parma purna sat. Sat, that hrut svayam svrati. Hrut means atma, the truth. Svayam svrati, it reveals itself or shines there. Parama purna sat. Parama, which is limitless, purna, the complete. Sat, the existence or the truth. The truth which is complete and full. That this shine. It has been shining all along. It's not that it starts shining then. Aham inashabhaji. Then aham, in the sense of individuality. This name and form. And so giving reality to this name and form, which is what I call individuality, as long as the individual name and form is there, even though that Paramapurna Sat is shining, I don't see it. As long as the reality of the snake is there, so long I don't see the rope, even though it is shining. And so also, as long as there is reality to this sense of individuality, I don't see the Paramapurna Sat, which is shining all right. And when that notion drops off, then the reality shines. It is when what is shining becomes clear to me, not that it shines something new. So sun is shining, there is a cloud which seems to cover or conceal the sun. And when the cloud moves away, how the sun is shining. It's not the sun starts shining then, I think the sun is shining now and so also the self is always shining but when this cloud of this notion goes away that I am a name and form then the self shines in its true form 
परिपूर्ण चिदानंद स्वरूपेण अवतिष्ठते योगी और द मुनि द वाइज मैन अबाइड्स इन हिज ओन थ्रू नेचर व्हिच इज परिपूर्ण चिदानंद एंड देयर इज बीइंग सेड इन द वर्स 39 विहाय परिपूर्ण चिदानंद स्वरूपेणावतिष्ठदे Paramarsavit is Paramarsadarshi Munihi, the meaning is already given in the Tika. Paramarsavit, the one who knows Paramarsa. So Paramarsam Vetti, Saha Paramarsavit, who knows Paramarsa is called Paramarsavit. Paramartha, Parama is limitless. So one who knows the limitless of the absolute is called Paramarsavit, this wise man. Rupa Varanadikam Sarvam Vihaya. Rupa means color or form. And Varana can be said to be uh, a color or Varana can also be said to be a letter, you know. So Varanamala, what we call alphabet is called Varanamala because the series of letters. So another meaning of the word Varana is letter, meaning the sound, meaning the name. So Rupa means form and Varana means a name in that sense. So Rupa Varana Adikam Adi. So associated with every object is a form and a corresponding name and a function. A kriya is also involved. So everything performs a function. Everything has a certain role to play. Everything has a place in the creation. Everything is related to me in a certain way. So there is a name, there is a form, and there is a relationship or there is a function. That is called rupa varanadikam sarvam vihaya. So recognizing that this name, form, function. All of these do have a certain kind of reality, but not the absolute reality. Yes, they have a certain pragmatic value. That is called the Vyavahari Sattva means a pragmatic value. Some usefulness is there, some pragmatic value is there. The Vyavahari Sattva, it is certain objectivity that I do transact with this world of objects and certainly it accomplishes certain purpose at the level of this Vyavahara. But Vyavahara itself, has only a certain reality. Even the vyavahara, even my day-to-day activity itself, all of them also have only a certain degree of reality, not ultimate reality. So paramartham, ultimate reality, for every name and form and function is nothing but, that is the content, as we said earlier, that sat and chit, every name and form, resolves into plain and simple existence, everything is an attribute, an attribute resolves into a substantive. Like the cloth is an attribute and the cotton is substantive and cloth resolves into cotton and thus every attribute resolves into a substantive and thus when you can carry this process far enough it should all resolve into something which is a substantive which is attributeless. See not otherwise there will be, be anavastha dosha. See even logically also the ultimate truth has to be attributeless because every attribute has a locus in something that is attributeless. All this we examine in great detail in Panchadashi, you know. So, Gandhavati Prasvi, that earth is fragrant. So, 
Gandhavati Prusvi. All right, this Gandha or the fragrance abides in Prusvi. Is that Prusvi Sagandha Nirgandhava? Is that Prusvi fragrant or non-fragrant? Neither fragrance abides in, in earth which is fragrant or not fragrant. If it is not fragrant, there is a contradiction because in non-fragrant earth, how can fragrance be? And if earth is fragrant, is that fragrant the same as this fragrant or another one? And like this, if you go, you will find that all attributes and all qualities ultimately have to resolve into that which is without attributes or without qualities. Otherwise, there will be no vyavastha, there will be no avastha, there will be no abidance at all. It will all add infinitum. Nothing can come into existence. Because nothing has yet found its original substratum. This, the, you know, the foundation has not been found. Everything is still going on and there is nothing in existence. The fact that existence is itself shows that all these attributes, because an attribute has to resolve into its substantive. It happens to be another attribute resolves into substantive. Like effect has to resolve into cause, which resolves into its own cause. And ultimately all of this has to resolve into that which is not a cause. And so, that which is not a cause, that which is no attribute, that which is no name, no form, that alone has to be truth into which all these names and forms resolve. And who is that nameless, formless, attributeless? Who is he? That I is attributeless, nameless, formless. Although on the I, we keep on imposing the names, forms and attributes, but that I is plain and simple, pure, I mean, without any names, forms, attributes, devoid of it. And this is how Rupa Varana becomes Sarvam Vihaya. So Vihaya resolving all these names, forms and everything into a self, Paramartha with, then one appreciates the self which is Paramartha, non-dual, meaning absolute. Paripurna Chidananda Swarupena Avatishthade, then this wise man Avatishthade, he abides in his own nature which is Paripurna Chidananda. The Ananda, that is joy or happiness or fullness, that is Chit or awareness. And that's where it differs from the deep sleep. In deep sleep also there is supposedly Ananda, but there is no awareness. Therefore, Chidananda we always say, Chidananda Rupaha Shivoham Shivoham. That I am Shivaha, I am auspiciousness, or I am, I am that purity, which is Chidananda, which is Ananda, which is fullness and awareness. So awareness or fullness that is known. So that Chidananda Rubha, Shivoham, Shivoham, the wise man, abides in this knowledge. I am Shivaha, I am auspiciousness, I am Chidananda. Having resolved everything other than I into the I, meaning recognizing that I is the reality of everything. <coughs> okay. Om Puranamadas Puranamudam Puranapuranamudachyade Puranasya Puranamadaya Puranameva Vashishyade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Kesavam Badarayanam Sutra Bhasha Sutau Vande Bhagavanta Punaf Punaha Ishwaro Guru Rasmevi 
मूर्ति भेद विभागिने व्योम व्याप्त देहाय दक्षिणा 